This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, this is Jeff Fisher. We'll get to the podcast. First, though, what if there was a progressive liberal phone company targeting conservative candidates and organizations? Would you want to switch to a conservative phone company to help fight against their liberal agenda or do nothing and accept that as the cost of owning a phone? Well, now you can take action. That's why Patriot Mobile was created. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide talk, text, and high-speed 4G LTE data and donates up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. You get the same quality service, the latest and greatest phones, along with competitive prices. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze or call 877-367-7524. Finally, a mobile phone company that supports the conservative values that you believe in. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze or call 877-367-7524. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Howdy. How is you? Good to see you. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Welcome to the Blaze Radio Network, Mercury Studios, Dallas, Texas, United States of America. Hello, welcome to the broadcast. Nice to have you along for the ride today. You know, let's talk a little bit about what's going on around the world, shall we? Uh, a few things going on around the world. Uh, the United Nations, ah, they just said, look, uh, to uh, some people from uh, the Rebel TV, uh, Ezra Levant, you know... You uh, you are kind of skeptical reporting of the UN's climate claims, so uh, you know what you can't come in to our uh, to our meeting. You know what we're we're holding a climate change thing, and we don't want you. Uh, we have a climate summit going on, and Ezra, you've posted some stuff that uh, we don't like, so uh, you can't come in. Have a nice day, and a special. And that's special the United Nations. Isn't it? Yes, it is. We've still got some battling going on in Iraq. Uh, the Mosul battle. ISIS is uh, launching their Iraqi counterattack in Kirkuk. Wonderful thing. Our, our own military, the head man, Ash Carter, he's going to stop by. Yeah, unannounced, unscheduled, uh, unscheduled stop. Headed into Iraq. Nice of him. I'm sure there. Please, please come and tell us what to do. Please. We would love to have you here telling us what to do. No, no, no. Seriously. We, we, we want you here. London City Airport evacuated amid reports of chemical incident. Some people were getting sick. Well, this is the small. Uh, it's not Heathrow. It's the city airport. Uh, still international, but uh, uh, not as large. Some people started getting sick, so they evacuated. Eh, we just shut it down. Stop the flights. Move. I would be 
so pissed. And I know there's you have to. I know you do. But anytime I hear about planes being diverted, planes being delayed, airports being shut down, evacuated, man, I am glad I am not there. Planes are delayed enough in our lives to have to worry about something like that. And fortunately, they you know they gave the all clear. We're not. I have not heard what made them all sick yet. Here at home, in the United States of America. Yes, I said here at home. I believe in borders. I am not a hemispheric or global entity believer. Sorry. Sorry. Here in the States, we're reading that uh, emails that were stolen. Oh, I mean hacked. And we're just treating it like it's no big deal. Ah, they're stolen and it's information, and gosh darn it, we're just going to continue to read them. We don't care. I mean, we're reporting on it, right? I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell you about a story where uh, Uma Abedin blamed Clinton for the pay-to-play optics. Uh, she, it's her fault. She knows it. I mean, should we know that? I mean, we all know that it's true that it was her fault. Uma speaking over in the Middle East, taking money. For the foundation, it would bring a closer, you know, scrutiny to the foundation because she had already said she was going to run for president officially. So even her people said, hey, she knew it. That's part of the deal. So get off me. We have uh, Facebook employees pissed that they couldn't ban Trump from Facebook for his hate speech well, they shut down enough people but uh, the Zuckmeister said no uh, no he's a presidential candidate uh, we're not going to shut that Facebook page down and they have already loosened up their belt a little bit on some of that speech anyway and while it is a private business I got it um, still come on now come on but the people are pissed. We want to shut him down. We don't care who he is. Oh, okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. We have uh, Obama out on the stump mocking uh, Rubio on climate change in Miami, talking about water coming up through the streets. What? I mean, it's amazing. This climate, I mean, I'm, the whole climate change thing is really maddening, really. And of course, uh, our president, Barack Obama, blames the skyrocketing premiums in health care. Uh, hey, that's not my fault. That has nothing to do with me. Oh, wait, what? Oh, not my fault. Uh, those premiums uh, have nothing to do with uh, Obamacare. Oh. Oh. Huh. Huh. Okay. Uh, you know, whatever. Whatever you say, Barack. We have Amy Schumer out on tour. Uh, she got into a little kerfuffle in Tampa uh, a few days ago where people got mad and she kicked them out and they laughed or whatever because she was doing Trump jokes. First of all, uh, Amy Schumer, uh, to me, not funny. I don't care for her much. 
I'm told that her early stuff was really funny before she got political. Okay. Um, I'm personally not going to go out of my way to listen to it. But if someone, you know, wants to send me some early Amy Schumer stuff that's really funny, I'll listen. I'll give it a shot. But until then, eh, I'm not going to an Amy Schumer show. So if you're going to an Amy Schumer show, um, aren't you expecting that? That's what you were there for? Uh, when you're at a, a comedy show, isn't that what you're expecting? And then the latest Amy Schumer show in New York, Madonna opened up for Amy. I'm not sure if that's because Amy is so good and Madonna is just fallen so low or Madonna just needs some attention. So she's opening up for Schumer. Whatever. However, I guess, you know, Schumer opened up for Madonna, so they're paying back and they're friends or whatever. So Madonna's in New York and she comes out. And I don't know what else she did uh, to open up for Amy. But she's 58 now. And I will say, uh, I like Madonna. Always, I mean, I like Madonna. I always have. She's, you know, whatever. She's Madonna. I know a number of people think uh, Madonna is uh, hideous, I believe is the word. Uh, I do not. However, uh, the picture that they showed of her up close uh, in this article, uh, Madonna, seriously, I mean, stop with the plastic surgery, okay? It's starting to really show. And my theory of you know, two cuts away from clown face. I mean, she's almost there. You know, I mean, that's my theory. You're two cuts. You're two cuts away from clown face. You get the first one. Looks great. You love it. Can't believe it. You're happy. You think, oh my gosh, that worked so well. I'm going to do this. Second one goes along. Not as good as the first one. Not as good. And you think, well, maybe if I just do a third one, and that's when you're stepping into clown face. You're two cuts away from clown face. And she's, she's there. So, Madonna, seriously, stop. Stop. It's really starting to show. But she told the audience that if you vote for Hillary Clinton, and I, I, I attempted to play the audio this morning. I was tempted to play the audio. But I'll tweet, I'll tweet the article out that has the audio. Uh, from the show at uh, Madison Square. Uh, She told the audience that if you vote for Hillary Clinton, she would give them, well, I'll call it a, a Monica Lewinsky. She called it what it is, a BJ. You know, BJ's food store. Uh Uh-huh. And she said, And I'm good. I'm not a tool. I take my time. I believe she also said I'm not a douche. And that's fact. She's not in the douche hall of fame. So that's fact. 
She keeps up with clown face and uh, doing stuff like this. We may get a vote on her on the Pat and Stu show, but that's another time. And, of course, you know, the Amy Schumer show, you know, loved her. <laughs> well, Don, I love you, but seriously, stop trying to be so relevant. You're okay. You're okay. You're the queen. Let it go. Just be Madonna. You don't have to tell the crowd that you're going to give uh, give BJ's to everyone if you vote for Hillary Clinton. You're just not. You don't have to do it, baby. It's okay. You don't. Okay. You don't have to do it. It's all right. Now we had. Uh, The FBI and Homeland Security are looking into the hack yesterday, uh, hitting the DNS provider of uh, DYN. I love all the stories. Uh, I mean, it it affected the blaze some. You heard from Mike uh, Opelka. Previous in the previous show, I uh, talk a little bit about how it uh, affected uh, the ins and outs of the the back end of the blaze yesterday. It's a big deal. It's a big deal, and it's funny uh, since we, you know, the United States owns the internet, and uh, we're uh, you know we can be on top of it. We can. Oh wait, no, we don't because this president just gave it away. Huh? Huh? What could go wrong? It's already started. What could go wrong? (laughs) It's already started. Amazing. And then to top it off, here at home, and never mind uh, Russia putting out ships, uh, putting out their fleet. Uh, We'll go back uh, to the other side of the world for a minute as they put out their fleet to uh, try to shut down Syria and the war. Uh, they're going to use their northern fleet and to, uh, you know, do a final assault on Aleppo. Good for them. Good for them. I mean, we don't. Why would we care about that, right? Why would we do anything about that, right? Right. Fascinating to hear from uh, Evan McMullen, though, talk a little bit about or earlier this week on the, the Glenn Beck radio program, talked a little bit about how the Soviet Union or Russia, uh, how their military might is, you know, so weak now and not uh, not anywhere close to what they were at one time. But they're still strong. I mean, they're still a pretty good, pretty good force to be reckoned with. And we're just, yeah, we just let them go. Ah, don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. Right? Right. And then we have a survey by UMass Lowell who asked respondents to select between five alternatives. The choices? A Clinton presidency. A Trump presidency. Obama appointing himself to a life term as president. A giant meteor strikes the earth and extinguishes all human life. And five, the president is selected by a random lottery among all U.S. citizens. The results, I'm sure, will amaze you. (laughs) Actually kind of frightening. 
The results found that 39% of millennials prefer that Obama serve a life term as president rather than have either a Clinton or Trump presidency. Now, some may have wanted me to stop with Obama to serve a life term. I, I, that's not that's not what the question was. Serve a life term as president rather than have either Clinton or Trump. 26% pursue a random lottery. Eh. 23%, one in four, prefer the giant meteor and the extinguishing of human life. Wow. Wow, 67% on an individual basis preferred a random lottery to being governed by Donald Trump. 39% would rather have a lottery than President Clinton. Wow. Wow. The idea of Obama as a benevolent dictator is not entirely new in 2015. A Rasmussen poll found that 26% of likely voters believe that President Obama should just ignore the courts. Ah, if they're standing in the way, oh, he thinks they're important, so let him do it. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. And in the article, it talks about the Reference to the sweet meteor of death that has become a running joke this campaign season, the millennials who selected an extinction-level event for the human race over Trump and Hillary shouldn't necessarily be taken seriously, they say. After all, four years of Trump and Hillary isn't literally the end of the world. (laughs) Uh, I hope that's true. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. The Jeff Fisher Show. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Thanks for coming along for the ride today. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, uh, Facebook, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio, and of course, Instagram at JeffyMRA. Joel, you are on the broadcast. Welcome to it. Hey, Jeff. I'm really frustrated with this WikiLeaks stuff. It doesn't matter where the leaks are coming from. I understand their emails are not supposed to be hacked. It's the, the content of the emails is the problem. 
and nobody's paying attention to what's in the emails. They're paying attention to where they came from or where the leaks came from. Does that really matter? Well, <laughs> a lot of the content in the emails are uh, fairly benign, right? I mean, there's just uh, everyday email stuff. Um, there are stuff in there, and I, I admit I have not read every email uh, on the WikiLeaks uh, side of it. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, there's some really fascinating and some stuff in there. I don't know that we – is any of the emails that – if you've read them, has any of the emails told you anything you didn't already know? Not overtly, but there's a lot of stuff in there that it, it's just a matter I mean, uh, of – a rookie attorney could put, could link, you know, two plus two and make four. But everybody's right. concerned about, well, was it Russia hacking? Was it this person hacking? Is it Julian Assange? What, whose side is he on? It, none of that matters. What matters is what's actually going on. And the emails were hidden, and the emails were, were kept away from the FBI. And apparently none of that matters. Well... I don't know. Thanks, Joel. I appreciate it. I'm up against the clock. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't know that it doesn't matter. I just think that people are overwhelmed with information. I, I think that people are overwhelmed with information, so that it just seems like it does matter. But I can't take it. I mean, I. I know it feels like it doesn't matter. That's for sure. Now that I talk about it out loud for a little bit, I got to work on that a little bit. Hold on, Joe. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. All right, welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. I'm going to, Joel, I'm going to just kind of chew on that for a little while uh, about the emails and really think about that because uh, you may be right. And I may have to go back and actually just dig into the emails and uh, see what's actually in them. And uh, then we'll then we'll revisit it a little bit, okay? Um, I was going to read you a letter. This is inside baseball right now. I was going to read you a letter that, uh, I received, uh, from some gifts, the Burning Man gifts that I got. And it was a very nice letter that was inside the box. And I also have that and a a small stack of different stories that we were going to do on today's broadcast. Uh, and it is on my dining room table. So uh, if you could just run to the house and pick it up and bring it in, uh, it'd be great. Thanks. And, you know, just get it here, you know, the next hour or so. And, uh, you know, I'll make it right. Uh, and pick me up a French vanilla cappuccino on the way, on the way back. But uh, if you could just do that, you know, quick like a rabbit, uh, that'd be great. Thank you. Speaking of baseball, uh, Charlie Sheen. Is not going to be throwing out the first pitch for the Indians. Didn't throw the first pitch out for the Indians game. Very disappointing. Cleveland should have made that happen. Come on now. They should have made that happen. No question. Right? I mean, come on. It's Charlie Sheen. 
Uh, I mean, come on. Uh, everyone knows Cleveland from the movie Major League. Everyone. I don't know why we would think that. Uh, why they would think that that's an embarrassment? It's not. And Charlie was the superstar. You know, the superstar pitch, pitcher, the wild thing. Come on, could have played wild thing. Could have got the crowd all wound up before the game. It would have been great. Sad. Should should have had that done. Cleveland should have had that done. And then, of course, uh, you had the big Bill Murray news. Uh, Bill Murray uh, stopping by the White House, uh, meeting with President Obama. And, you know, Obama meets Bill Murray and calls his Cubs jacket a little troubling. Uh, Why? Because you're still pretending that you're a White Sox fan? Even though you couldn't name a player? Even though he said something, I was trying to remember what he said in that interview. I should get, find the audio and just play it. He said something in that audio, in the audio that what that's how you would say it if you weren't really a sports fan. Okay, it, it's the right thing to say, but if you're not a baseball fan, if you're a baseball fan, you don't say it like that. And I'm gonna have to. I got. I've got to find because I can't remember exactly what it was. But Bill at the White House, uh, which was really cool, um, you know, he stopped there. He's getting an award. Um, he gets the uh, Mark Twain Award uh, on Sunday, and he was there to meet uh, the president. And uh, he gets a prize for uh, American humor, the Mark Twain Award for American humor, and it's the Kennedy Center uh, in Washington. And uh, I think he got the, you know, he got the gift and everything, and he met the president. And it's questionable whether he's going to be there or not on Sunday because um, uh, the Cubs, uh, if they win, uh, there's a game going on Sunday. They win tomorrow. They win tonight, I mean. So, or it's possible, right? I'm not sure what the, I got to go, I'm not sure. It's possible they could be playing on Sunday. And if they're playing on Sunday, I have a feeling Bill would probably be at the game. But while he was at the White House, he came into the press briefing room. And, you know, he came in, and, of course, he's standing there, and and uh, they ask him a couple questions. Uh, the press that was left, when you watch the – there's not a lot of press in there. But the press that was left are snapping pictures and filming and asking him a couple of questions. But the only thing that bugged me about this whole thing – now, I found the end of the interview, and it kind of skips because it misses a question – but NBC has played the heck and posted the heck out of this video of Bill Murray talking about being asked about the Cubs. But he also got asked about running for president and the future, what he, you know, his vision for the future. And some of it was pretty funny. And then at the end, I mean, he started, when they started, and then he had to go. He looked up and they, oh, we got to go now, Bill. So he's only in there for a little over a minute. A couple of minutes tops. You know, it's like, you've been in here long enough, Bill. We don't want you to answer more any of these questions about running for president or anything that you feel about this presidency or anything like that. We don't want anything bad to be said. So it's time to go. But he walked in, he has Cubs jacket on, and then uh, he was carrying his hat. He actually, I mean, come on. Bill Murray is showing respect uh, by not having his hat on indoors. It's whatever. It's, it's cap. It's baseball hat. Cubs hat and then they asked him to put it on 
for the photo op. He obliges by putting it on for the photo op. But here's the clip of Bill at the uh, the press briefing room, uh, walking in and headed to the podium. Good to see you. So, you can actually serve me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mr. President, do you think the Cubs will win? I feel very confident that Clayton Kershaw is a great, great pitcher, but uh, we got too many sticks. we got too many sticks. Really? Yeah. And at home, with our crowd, the weather. Yeah. You also you get a little bit of autumn in Chicago. You don't get that in Los Angeles. Trees just die in Los Angeles. In, uh, in Illinois, they flourish. They, they perform. They show the beauty of nature. I think that I think that, I think our economy is prepared to boom. I think there's going to be a big future in glass, glass. Remember, you heard it here first. Glass, glass, glass. Uh, standing there makes you feel like you might want to run. Depends on the outcome. We may you may want to help install okay, it on, uh, on November 9th. Thank you, Mr. President. Up, gotta go. Up, gotta go. Oh, got to go. Sorry. Uh, it's starting to get uh, a little bit too political, and uh, we don't want you to say anything. You've already said that uh, you saw a big fir- big future in glass flasks. I wonder why you'd see a big future in glass flasks. Why would you see a big future in glass flasks? Oh, oh, because people would be drinking a lot. <laughs> uh, because of who would become president. You'd just be drinking a lot trying to forget. Uh, get him out of there pull the plug get him out of there very funny now I want to comment a little bit about uh, as I'm driving in I'm listening to uh, Michael Pelka on his broadcast uh, that airs 6 to 9 on uh, the Blaze Radio Network and uh, he commented about uh, Bob Dylan and saying that he was the only one that was happy for Bob I believe we uh, talked about that on this broadcast uh, that I was uh, that I was a Dylan fan. I was forced to become a Dylan fan. Uh, my first wife loved Dylan. Uh, I there's a you know I love his first album, uh, his very very first album, and uh, then uh, you know uh, Crown of Thorns, Shelter from the Storm, one of my f- all time favorite songs overall ever, uh, which is a Dylan song. And congratulations for him winning the Nobel Prize. And Mike talked a little bit about the story that was kind of funny, you know, the headline of Dylan refuses to respond to the Nobel Prize people. But he actually did. Um, he actually did. They put it up on the website uh, for about a day. Uh, they put it up on the website. It said, um, um, the lyrics, 1961 to 2012, winner of the Nobel Prize in Literature. And that's what it said on his website. It was up for about 24 hours. And then they took it down. Uh, and and um, I thought that uh, Mike was talking about 700 and some thousand. I thought it was more than that, actually. I thought it was a couple hundred thousand more. But whatever. Bob isn't going. He's on tour. Uh, if you're a Dylan fan, uh, you know Bob is not going to uh, say where he's going to be. I mean, he's, I mean, he's got his concert schedule. So he'll be in those. You know, that's where he's going to show up to play. But. I mean, what does he want all these people to show up at the at Stockholm for the prize? No. So why comment? He gave them a little love, gave them a day on the website saying, here's all your lyrics. 
from 61 to 2012. Uh, I'm the winner of the Nobel Prize uh, for in literature. Uh, I, I'm going to take it down. I don't want people to be able to take all my, you know, all the lyrics all at once, all the time. And I, I bet he shows up. I bet he shows up. It's in December, December 10th, I think. I bet he shows up. Bob's the kind of guy that'll be walking around Stockholm with a sweatshirt on all by himself in the middle of the night. He's got the tennies on, the jeans, sweatshirt, strolling the streets of Stockholm. All the award ceremonies going on? Oh, okay, I'll go. Shows up, gets the award, thank you, takes a check, thank you, photo op, hit the road. Guarantees he shows. Uh, I'll, I'll bet you a dollar right now, cash money, a dollar. Yeah, yeah. Don't look at me like, oh, man, you you really are for sure betting that much. I know. I know. I'll bet you one spanking new crisp dollar bill that Dylan shows up and to receive the Nobel Prize. You going to take me up on that? You going to take me up on that bet? <laughs> okay, okay. But when he shows up, I want my money. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Saturdays on the Blaze Radio Network, immediately following this broadcast, Lawrence Jones 3 takes over from noon to 3. Then uh, Mike Slater and Joe Paggs all to round out your Saturday on the Blaze Radio Network. So if I were to say, hey, how long has The Price is Right been on television what would your answer be? Go ahead. I'll let you think about it. Not too long, but just think. Yeah, Price is Right. It's been on the air. What? 30, 40 years? 45. Think of that. Think of that. 45 freaking years on the Price is Right. And, of course, one of the reasons that I'm bringing it up is that history was made this past week on an episode. Three contestants. Spun different combinations of $1 on the game show's colorful wheel. They each landed on spaces adding up to a dollar in a pair of spins during one of the showcase showdowns. Now, that's the first time that they had won with the combinations, the three-way dollar tie with different combinations in the show history. People have landed on the, you know, that coveted dollar space. But, uh... Not the combinations of a dollar, which is pretty cool. And I was reading this story. It was cute, you know. And uh, you know, Drew Carey is the host, and I'm thinking, man, Drew Carey, Drew stinking Carey, that was one of the best moves made by a performer when he took over The Price Is Right. Because The Price is Right, you think about it, it's been 45 years. I mean, Bob Barker, right, was the man. He was there from 72 
uh, then, uh, you know, Drew took over in 2007. I mean, he's almost done it for 10 years now, right? I mean, and that was a good move on his part. That is a good gig. He doesn't have to worry about, he doesn't have to worry about putting together a, a, a sitcom, right? He doesn't have to go on the road doing comedy acts anymore. He just does the prices right. I mean, you take care of yourself. Keep yourself looking as good as you can. Show up. Tape, you know, show up for two or three weeks in a row. Spin about three, four shows a day. For a couple of weeks, take a few weeks off, come back, do it again. Be nice to people, tell a few little ha-ha jokes, spin the wheel, give away prizes, take home a paycheck. That's a good gig. That was a smart, smart move by Drew Carey. I just wanted to... I was as I was reading that story about the different combinations as the first time this ever happened in show history and stuff. I'm thinking, Drew, that was a good move on your part. I don't know if he did it consciously and he just thought, you know, hey, you know, if he just did it, you know, because that'll be fun and we'll just do the prices right, and, you know, we'll show up and have a little fun for a couple of years, have a you know a little fun for a couple of years. Bob Barker did it, and you know, no, everybody says you don't want to be the guy to follow the guy. You never want to be the guy that follows the legend. You always want to be the guy that follows the guy that followed the legend. But Drew, Drew nailed it out of the park, exception to the rule. Stepped in, followed the legend, show's still on, been doing it for another 10 years. He's got a, he's got at least another 10 or 20 left in him, right? Doing this stupid show. Great move. Great move. Good gig. Wish I would if the, if you if, look price is right if you're looking to get rid of Drew, I need to call me. I'm here for you. All right, I'm willing to willing to spin the wheel with some contestants. I mean, I just step. Call me. Just you know, call me. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the broadcast. How are you? 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Lawrence Jones 3 coming up immediately following this broadcast from noon to 3 on the Blaze Radio Network. And then uh, Mike Slater and Joe Paggs all round out your Saturday broadcast hosts. On the Blaze Radio Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeffy MRA. 
Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. Instagram, at Jeffy M-R-A. So, the burning question I have is, should couples sleep together? Should couples sleep together? And by that, I mean, not, you know, um, I'm not talking about sleep in parentheses together. I'm just talking about sleep. You go to bed. Should we sleep together? I was reading an article that talked about uh, one couple who was struggling. We were struggling with the, you know, with sleep, and uh, they talked to some friends, and their friends said, "Oh, we, you know, we have, you know, we have separate rooms." And, uh, you know, separate beds and, uh, we still love each other and we still sleep together, but we don't, you know, most times we don't really, we don't sleep together because we have different sleeping patterns. You know, we like hot, we're cold, we wake up sweating, we snore, we want so it's better you know, if we're in different, not different, not like the old twin bed, uh, you know, Mary Tyler Moore show beds, the Lucy and Desi twin beds in the bedroom beds, but different rooms, you know, so you, when you go to sleep, you go to bed. And, you know, the first, your first reaction, obviously, is, uh, you know, and I'm sure the first reaction of your spouse in particular, your wife is going to be a yes. And why the hell are you asking me that? What are you up to? Not that I'm familiar with questions like that. I'm just saying that you probably would be. That's all. You probably might get those questions. That's all. And. So, you know, you go back in history, and that was the way it was, right? You used the bed together to sleep, but then you went to your separate bedrooms to sleep when you go to bed. And maybe not that night, maybe not that day, but the next, you know, the next night, or the nights that you're busy, your schedules are different, whatever. And... So I'm just asking, I'm just asking, you know, just wondering out loud is all just wondering out loud is all. So all I'm doing is wondering out loud and it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, your relationship, right? I mean, it just, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. I read the article and it got me thinking about it. And then it got me thinking about, you know, I mean, thinking about the story that we talked about a while ago now. I mean, it's been quite a while when I talked about it that I found fascinating was the two sleep nights. You know, back before there were, before electricity, you had, uh, you know, two sleeps. And the time between sleeps 
was time for meditation, time for reading, time for praying, time for uh, sleep. And that's why they believe there were, you know, families had, you know, husband and wives had big families because there were a number of times in the between sleep hours that husbands and wives would be together. And I found that, I find that fascinating because I really, I would, I am a big fan of that, of the, of the getting up and having that time and then going back to bed. The two sleep. I am a huge fan of that. And it's been proven that that's kind of what we fall back on. I mean, they had studies that put, uh, you know, they, you got to have be without power, right? I mean, with, without power. You got to be without electricity for lights. Because once we, you know, once, once we progressed to light and we were able to say, hey, <laughs> it's dark out, but who cares? Uh, we're going out because we can see. And, uh, you know, we... We don't care that, uh, you know, it was left to, uh, in the times of no light, I mean, it was left to, uh, you know, the criminals, those subclasses of people that would be out in the dark. But, you know, then we put, uh, you know, lamp lamp poles out and everybody had lights and you went out and you went to the coffee house and you went to the shows and uh, we just drove those subclasses of people somewhere else. It just I find the the prospect of uh, uh, sleeping and uh, sleeping with your spouse fascinating. So, and I you know you get into that when you bring it up, just watch, just watch yourself, just say, hey, you know, what about we, you know. Do this test for me. Do this test for me this week. Report back to me next week. I need a written report, just a small one, 1,200 words report, and then uh, an oral report on Saturday. Um, report back to me. Just, you know, as you're... <whistles> hey, what do you think we... Uh, you know, I was thinking, you know how we, you know, toss and turn some nights and, you know, you get mad at my snoring and I get mad at your snoring and, you know, we go to bed. What do you think about, uh, I don't know, separate bedrooms? Report back to me what happens. All right, let me know. Because I would be fascinated to know what happens. Fascinated. To know what happens. Because I think, personally, give it a shot. You might feel better. Don't know till you try it. That's all I'm saying. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
The Jeff Fisher Show is on. Welcome to it on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. All right, so let's talk a little TV. There's a little TV. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Black Mirror just dropped uh, on Netflix. It's up. Uh, uh, just just came down. You can watch that again. Which some of those uh, episodes are fascinating. It's kind of uh, you know a modern Twilight Zone ish kind of show. Uh, you had. Uh, uh, I just got an alert. From Netflix, that uh, the fall with Jillian Anderson uh, series three is going to drop the 29th of this month. Great, outstanding. Looking forward to that. The first two seasons were tremendous. Uh, so they better better hop sing on season three. It better be good. And then, of course, this weekend. I mean, I can't can't go without mentioning the show. Uh, that uh, that premieres this weekend, uh, The Walking Dead, uh, season seven premieres. Um, and then I was sent a video that recapped uh, the players and the seasons of Walking Dead with John Cleese uh, voicing it. Now, I'm going to play it for you. It's, it's like, you know, three or four minutes long, and it's cute, and we'll see if we can make it through the whole thing. Uh, the audio pretty much makes sense uh, for the show. But what disappointed me was is at the very end of the stupid video, it says, you know, The Walking Dead premiere uh, October 24th. Uh, No. Uh, No. Oh, so so you're saying the 24th is when Walking Dead, uh, did you say that on the air or just to me? I hate that so much. Please, please, dear Lord. When you say something, please talk on the air. I assume it's for uh, the date in England, the premiere in England. Oh, that's possible. Also, duh. I mean, that's uh, that makes sense. I guess. I guess I'm gonna have to. I'll look that up. Look that up. See if that's right. That very well could be. So, uh, you know, the the end of the video is correct. <laughs> Just play the stupid video and then see the audio. It's really good. Walking Dead recap of all seven seasons. Season seven of The Walking Dead is on the way, which I'm sure you already know, unless you've been living under a rock, hiding under a tank, or being held captive by a nutter with a baseball bat called Lucille. But I'm oh, oh, getting ahead of myself. Way. We start with Rick, who's essentially Clint Eastwood, but a bit more They show him riding his horse in Atlanta. Uh, Now, poor old Rick falls into a coma, loses family, and wakes up to find the world overrun by zombies. Sorry, walkers. Walking Dead Lesson 1. Zombies are not called zombies. Rick meets Glenn. Cracking chap that can't grow a moustache to save his life. Daryl, the violent ah. sweetheart. Carol, who makes the remarkable transition from a meek housewife into a teacher who wouldn't pass an Ofsted inspection. Today, we are talking about knives. But pick of the bunch uh, is this charming fellow, Merle. Who the kind, forgiving, reasonable gang change the roof and leave for dead. Meanwhile, Rick finds his wife and his boy. Hooray! No, not hooray. Rick's busy Shane has been buffing his wife, Laurie, and playing daddy to his son, whose name I can't quite remember. Carl. Carl! Carl! Oh, that's it. Carl! The gang seek refuge Uh. at the CDC, the safest place on the planet. 
Walking Dead Lesson 2. There are no safe places. Thank you. If this is all getting a bit much for you, you'll be happy to know that our gang soon find themselves on a peaceful, tranquil farm, right? Wrong. We also say hello to Slicey McGee here, who's like Uma Thurman in Kill Bill, but with Michelle. an unsettling fondness for exotic pets. Escaping the farm, the gang seek refuge in a heavily fortified, incredibly safe prison. You didn't forget lesson two already, did you? But there's a tiny ray of hope. Laurie has an adorable little baby girl. Hooray! No, not hooray. When will you learn? Oh, no. Andrea and Michonne bump into our old friend Merle, who's had a bit of work done. He kindly takes them to his new home, the idyllic Woodbury. Hmm, one-star trip advisor. Now, running this town is the governor. Oh, no, He's the got governor. the bad guy triple threat. Eye patch, jazzy nickname, fish tank full of heads. Yeah, a little Patchy wacky. Pete launches a savage murderous attack on the gang. But let's not focus on that. Let's focus on something nice, like, oh, I don't know, flowers. Just look at the flowers, Lizzie. Just look at the flowers. <laughs> oh, God, no, anything but that. No, no, look at the Walking flowers. Dead, no, no. Lesson three, never look never at the look flowers. At flowers. The gang move on, but lesson. immediately run lesson. into a rather uncivilized bunch called the Claimers, who've presumably walked 500 miles to get there, the claimers, and it's up yeah, to the gang to stop called. them walking 500 more. They buddy up with yeah, Abraham and Eugene, who are heading to Washington from their home, presumably the set of Magnum P.I. <laughs> Everyone follows a train track Good to the stuff. safety of this lovely-looking place. Welcome to Terminus. The folk at Terminus invite oh. survivors around for dinner, and Boozy Bob gets legless at a barbecue. You taste much better than we thought you would. We wind up I in know, Alexandria, the an impenetrable, cordoned-off utopia. <laughs> Walking Dead Lesson 4, Alexandria. stop oh, no. forgetting Lesson 2. Finally, Hard we make a new enemy. The saviors, run by the charming Negan, our pants who kidnaps them and decides which of our beloved heroes will meet a sticky end. But who will We're survive Negan's bloody beating and incessant rhyming? We'll have to watch season seven to find out. Any, maybe, mighty, mighty, Think about it. So, John, is that right? You couldn't check? Did I not? All right. Anyway, it's really good, and I'm looking forward to The Walking Dead tomorrow night. Uh, here in Dallas, it will be on at 8 p.m., and it's 9 p.m. Eastern and it's going to be 90 minutes. And I feel like the first, my first gut reaction, if you listen to our podcast, Talking Walking Dead, that I do with Jason Buttrell and Brad Staggs, you know, we, you know, we've kind of tried to walk around, see what the first episode, this premiere episode would be like and what would happen. And there's been so many, so many stories and so many things that could have happened and what, you know, the outcome was. And they've kept it pretty tight-lipped. Uh, walking Dead is great at that. Um, they, uh, who's going to die. And we pretty much, my guess, my original guess was that we wouldn't find out, uh, who died. They would replay it and take us to the end. And then we're going to go to, uh, we're going to go to the new, uh, kingdom, which is, uh, the kingdom, which is a zoo. 
and uh, the zoo uh, is the other is the new is another kingdom outside of Negan's area that Rick is in, and so they're gonna they're gonna meet up and uh, hopefully take over for Negan, get rid of that bastard. But that's gonna be a long year for for him. It's gonna be a long year for Negan with his bat Lucille, of which uh, Walking Dead sent me one as a gift. And I'll thank him again because I love it. It's beautiful. My kids were busy taking pictures with it. <laughs> but speaking of zoos, I mean, really, I see a story in, about from North Korea about the smoking chimp. I see a story about the National Zoo uh, where the elephant has uh, got uh, you know arthritis and problems walking. So we've got designer shoes for the elephant. Okay. And then I see the Philadelphia Zoo. We're all happy. We've got the the new baby gorilla that was born. We named it online, Amani, which means peace in Swahili. Ugh. Okay. I, I, should we have zoos anymore? Should we? Do we need zoos, really? I mean, the circus has... Uh, Discontinued elephants, they're living in Florida, just wandering around the, their Florida home in Lakeland. And we know we see zoos were started because we never saw animals, right? I mean, that we didn't see around the world different animals. You went to the zoo to see, oh my gosh, that's what the animals are over there. But now we know all the animals. We see them on television. We see different ones. When new ones are discovered, we find out about it immediately thanks to the internet. Do we really need zoos? I mean, do we really need to encase these animals in a zoo? I, mean, I don't know. I'm asking. I don't, you know, from the, you know, right, my gut reaction says, uh, no, we don't. But then you start thinking about, you know, I don't know, do animals last? Do certain species last? And, you know, you get into that kind of argument. But I'm just thinking, I, I don't know, it might be time to uh, uh, have the zoos be a thing of the past. The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Sure. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Before we get to uh, Chuck in Florida, let's go to Mark in Maryland. Mark, welcome to it. Oh, Jeffy, the keeper of the bat. Yes, uh, I think that they should do two episodes on Washington, D.C., and really show them some real walking dead or walking deadheads, whatever way you want to describe it. Thank you. I appreciate you calling and working on your material, too. Uh, it means a lot to me. Uh, you know, instead, of, instead of going to open mic night, just call me on Saturdays, and I'll be your open mic night. You just keep working on that new material for me. Chuck in Florida, welcome to it. How are you, sir? Greetings, sir, from wonderful Indian Shores, Florida, here on the uh, sunny west coast. Uh, another balmy day at uh, 59 degrees this morning. 
What, are you on a cell phone? Uh, unfortunately, I am. <laughs> was it a surprise you were going to be on the show? I was not surprised. Sorry, I just uh, had other obligations, but I didn't want to miss the show. That's that's how other obligations. I mean, you're on my. I put you on my show. At the same time, those obligations can freaking wait. Yeah, I mean, well, it's my in-laws from from Germany. I'm, you know, you tell my wife that they got away. Okay, put her on. <laughs> oh, well, she's uh, not currently available as always. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll be happy to, because I'm way. Because sure yeah. I'm here. In, I'm here in Texas. <laughs> How's the weather in Texas today? Ah, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Be a little nip a little nip in the air. It's gonna be uh high yeah. we're gonna have, be a high in the low eighties today. It's gonna be beautiful here in northern Texas. No chance beautiful, of rain. Beautiful. No well, chance we do of have rain. stories from Florida. If that is any consolation for me being on a cell phone. Yeah, that's fine. What do you got for me? What's up with Chuck today, in Florida dot com? Today we have a Florida man with half a head arrested for attempted murder. Uh, we also have from uh, Palm Beach, a uh, man who was arrested and shot actually won a, a $22.4 million lawsuit. And uh, finally, a oh, drunk yeah. woman tells Hispanic deputies that Trump will deport them. <laughs> that, let's just we'll jump right into the last one because that's, she was obviously a... drunk when they picked her up. They said that her her breath smelled of a fruity alcoholic beverage I and bet. was covered in dried blood. Now, if this doesn't bring Halloween straight up in, into your mind, what the hell was this woman doing drinking with dried blood all over her body? Unless she worked in a butcher shop, I just can't picture. The uh, deputies not saying, um, "Excuse me, Miss, can can we have a conversation?" Uh, <laughs> maybe she had a bloody and nose. Then she found out that their sur- surnames were both Hispanic. She said, "Leave me alone, because you know Trump is going to deport you." Uh, maybe <laughs> she had a bloody nose. You never know. You know, you get drunk, you fall down, you get a bloody nose, you bleed all over yourself. Yeah, well, that, that does happen. Yeah, I can see that having blood. On, but I mean, she was covered in it apparently, and she asked for an American to assist her. That's great. <laughs> uh, we are an American. You're going to jail now. Thank you. That's it. You're uh, going to. But here's the thing: Palm Beach County only posted two thousand dollar bail on this woman. I mean, come on. She's covered in blood. She's uh, uh, insulting deputies and telling them they're going to be deported. And all you get is two grand. I mean, you know, what's the bail on that? Two hundred bucks. Yeah, but she probably doesn't have that two hundred bucks either. I'm sure she uh, used that to uh, buy stain remover yes. for all the blood on her clothes. Yes, that's very possible. She used that to maybe get a room to sleep in. She's got yeah, a room my, to sleep my, in uh, now, though. My, my second favorite story of the week is Dontrell Stevens actually won a $23 million lawsuit after being shot, um, apparently uh, incorrectly arrested and, and, and detained, was shot um, in Palm Beach County, to, uh, won his lawsuit against the sheriff's department, but here's the sad part of the story. It's kind of have a little twist to it. The guy was arrested for selling marijuana, cocaine, and heroin from his wheelchair. He's permanently crippled now. They put him back in the slammer, and they're worried about his health because of his now you know being confined to a wheelchair. And he okay. cannot he cannot claim the money because Florida has a law that you can only sue any state official for $200,000, and they still haven't paid up a year right. later. So he's destitute and has gone back to the street selling drugs. 
I'm really confused on this story. I'm going to have to look it up. That's I'm confused. Okay, so, moving on. We're no, we're not. No, no, no. I, I want to know. I want to. I want to get this straight now. Okay. He, so the guy he gets got, shot in his first arrest, and, and that leaves and him in a wheelchair. That leaves him in a wheelchair. The judge says improperly detained, uh, improperly arrested, and uh, improper shooting. You win twenty three million dollars from the state of Florida. Got uh, it. More correctly, Palm Beach County Sheriff, which can't, which, which never has been paid, and which can't be paid because it goes against the laws of Florida. So the judge should have known that there's got to be a there's got to be a loophole there somewhere. You would the think judge. so. The lawyer claimed all of that and said that this guy is living off the uh, what, he, yeah. what he said was the kindness of his friends. He has no way of earning income. The he has kindness, no money. Yeah, the kindness he of his friends who give money. Right. Yeah. So now he goes back to selling drugs on the streets, and he gets busted for that. I mean, the wheelchair is a good place to keep it. You don't have to carry it around with you. Yeah. Just set it. <laughs> you notice how to get right through the checkpoints at the airport and everything with that That's wheelchair. That's right. And you know? can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? You yeah. don't have to necessarily be a, you know, have a wheelchair for medical purposes to be in a wheelchair. You mean people would do that? They actually get in a wheelchair know. and not be kidding? I know. I know. It's like people using the, elect- the electric carts at Walmart are not really... <laughs> Not really handicapped. Nothing we've ever done that, you know. <laughs> I no, you speak for yourself because I do that as well. I don't want to walk around those damn stores, those new big stores. Uh, no, I need a cart. <laughs> yeah. So, uh oh, oh, somebody calling. That, no, no, sorry, that was uh, <laughs> that was on the other cell phone I'm using here to read my stories from. <laughs> what? Who, somebody so, calling? The, the wife calling? No, it was my daughter. She's uh, home safe. Everybody's fine. Okay, good. good. She's just checking in. She's a good little oh, girl. See, that's so yeah. special. <laughs> that's so nice. So here's the one that got me, and there are going to be pictures here in the next hour on the website at chuckandflorida.com for Florida man with half a head was arrested for attempted murder and arson. Okay, so he's walking around with oh. half a head? Or he uh, has half a head? He had an injury a couple of years ago that removed... Everything from the top of his head right above his eyebrows. <laughs> so he has half a head. That's fantastic. He, if I had half a mind, I would. Uh, oh, sorry. So yeah, this guy has probably the best mugshot ever. <laughs> oh, I bet. And this I bet. is truly a Halloween horror story because the man's top of his brain is all gone. He's just got the world's lowest flat top cut. You know. How? What and, is? Uh, it was in Miami. Uh, apparently, he has a deformed skull and charged with arson and attempted murder after setting a mattress on fire. Uh, Monday at 2.30 p.m., officers identified the suspect as 31-year-old Carlos Rodriguez. And uh, they called 911 to report a mattress on fire. They said his home is a duplex owned by his mother. And apparently, the two tenants uh, living next door didn't take too kindly to their house being burned down. I bet. But the, I mean, yeah. there's got to be more to that. I mean, I, I kind of feel sorry for Carlos. I mean, maybe we ought to just get him some kind of help. I mean, he's walking around with half a head. <laughs> yeah. Come on, there's got to be. Come if on, anybody man. qualified for that extra aid, I would give it to the guy with half a head. Yeah. You, right. I would, I would, you know what? He gets to go to the front of the line. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I say. You got half a head, you go to the front of the line. The DMV, sir, just please step right up. We're going to take care of you. You're good. Just that line over there will take care of you right now. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. So last week we talked to you. You were at uh, some event where you were trying to be the uh, 
uh, actually get on an event and lose for makeup. Uh, I mean, for uh... <laughs> the Lakeland Zombie Fest. That's correct. I was there yeah. with the, uh, the some of the cast actually of The Walking Dead. Um, Justin Kuslain, who who played the uh, big guy from Hilltop that, that tried to kill uh, our our man, uh, the sheriff. And uh, then we had um, all right, Dahlia Legault. Who played He's... Francine? If you remember, uh, I think season four and five. I freaking uh, we talked. I remember talking about this a little bit last week of the people that are now, uh, you know. Yes, I was in no episode. Longer, f- yes. I was in episode four, season three. Uh, I was killed in that episode, but I'm going to go around and make some <laughs> money from that. That's that's America. That's what makes America great. But you have these interviews up now. Uh, they are in the process of uploading. Actually, it's going to be a couple of hours. Uh, what, uh, what's your takeaway? Last night. Sorry? What's your ta- what was your favorite takeaways from interviewing the Walking Dead? Uh, uh, I don't want to say well, cast we members. We have a but... bit of an exclusive here from uh, the Florida Zombie Fest. Uh, Dahlia Legault, who played Francine, said that uh, you know she has not been contacted yet about returning for another season. However... We did confirm that she is not going to be one of those on the uh, circle. So we know for a fact Francine is not dead. I'm just saying that, that's confirmed. <laughs> so. Well, they just they just inked the deal for season eight, so maybe she'll get a call. Well, we're hoping because I told her they got a new slot opened up according to the uh, season premiere this year. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of new slots, no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I understand that Lucille was there with you and uh, sleeping happily by your side. Yes, that's correct. What is, what is, what else happened from the uh, – anything else uh, special from the uh, Walking Dead people that you can talk about? Uh, well, the Walking Dead people, that kind of wraps it up. Justin was killed off on his episode, will not be returning, however. Uh, I asked him that up front. He says, no, no, there's no uh, reviving him for the next season. Uh <laughs> But That's a I did about. get to speak to Dr. William Ramsey, who is a, uh, has nothing to do with The Walking Dead, but is a big Halloween fanatic and travels the United States, has done at least 13 separate uh, shows this year, talking about how to turn your house into a haunted house for Halloween. Uh, this guy is an optometrist who has the best character costume I've seen called Dr. Terror Eyes. And, uh, yes, Terror Eyes. No, I got and, uh, it. No, he's fantastic. He's sponsored. He goes flying around, and he he tells he's you how to, sponsored? to your house. He is sponsored, dude. He has seven or eight different sponsors that pay his bills. They're he sponsoring has- this guy to go around and tell people how to fix up their homes for Halloween and costumes and blood effects and lighting and uh, yeah, he has uh, all kinds of companies that support him in that effort. And they pay his way, and I, I'm, I'm getting in on this gig, I'm telling you. TheNewChampions.com is where you'll hear all these stories. And The New Champions is all about these different pop culture uh, phenomenons in these Comic-Cons and, you know, various uh, movies and fandoms that make their way out into the, the fan-sponsored world. I and will I'll be s- darned if these guys don't have major sponsors behind them. Thank you, ChuckInFlorida.com. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Jeffy. Have, have a great day. Have fun. Take care. You know, that is what makes America great. There's no doubt about it. When a doctor, an optometrist, decides, you know what? There's no money in eyes. But I'm going to go out and get some sponsors. 
You know what I like to do is fix up houses for Halloween. And I'm going to make my money telling other people how to fix up their houses for Halloween. God bless the United States of America. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. That it is. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Rich in White Plains, welcome to it. Hey, Jeffy, how are you? I am so good, I can't tell you. I can't explain to you. Words can't describe. Have have we had the requisite post-debate discussion yet? I don't know. um, I don't know. Have we? Okay. Well, I'll I'll I'll, I'll start us off. Um, okay. The uh, the scientific polls had um, Hillary winning, and uh, I think one of the reasons is because she can speak in complete sentences. <laughs> um, that helps. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like you know the student taking the test and the teacher saying you get an automatic five points just for signing your name. Well, Trump can't even sign his name. And, um, I know. I look, I know. I mean, let me give you, for instance, you, you've heard, you, you must have heard this, people describing Trump as speaking in circles. Well, they had a question about the um, fighting in the Iraq city of Mosul, and I had to go back and I had to look and count. Um, Trump said the word Mosul 16 times. <laughs> I, look, I, I know. And that's, and that's just his way of, of, I mean, it's, I'm not, you know, I'm not kind of, I'm kind of sticking up for him. I mean, that's, that's what, that's who he, that's who he is. And that's how he does what? it. It's, it's well, I, really I kind of the, agonizing. I think the leader of the free world should be a, you know, something as, as, I know. Really, as really lousy as Obama is. I mean, you know, the guy, and that's part of what makes him so effective. Behind the scenes, he's sticking liberals in the lower courts. He's doing everything to destroy this country, but he's so damn articulate that he's got everybody fooled. It, it, Trump I is, know. But, you know. Okay, I'll let you go. I'm up against the clock. Thanks. I appreciate it. And you're right. And some of the funniest stuff that there is is to actually just read the transcripts of a Trump speech or an interview because that's the way he is. And one of the reasons why people seem to love him, think that he would be a good president. This I is the Jeff Fisher Show. Really. Only on the Blaze don't Radio really understand Network. It. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. 
It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, welcome to the broadcast. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Coming up uh, immediately following this broadcast is uh, Lawrence Jones 3. Uh, then uh, Mike Slater, then Joe Pags. That's your Saturday live lineup here on the Blaze Radio Network. Tomorrow you've got a little David Barton, Bill Handel, Jackie D. I mean, hello. And then Monday through Friday, uh, you got Doc uh, Doc Thompson in the morning. You got Glenn Beck in the mid morning. You got Buck Sexton in the mid afternoon, in the a- afternoon and noon. And you got the Chris Salcedo mid afternoon and Patton Stu late afternoon. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, there's not a better lineup in America than the Blaze Radio Network. All right, let's get a little uh, let's get a little business out of the way. Uh, the Mercury One Ball, the M1 Ball, Mission Possible, Mission Possible 2016. Uh, you can register uh, for coming to the ball. Be a part of it. This is how uh, Mercury One pays the bills, okay? Uh, sponsorships are still available. Uh, go to mercuryone.org slash M1 Ball. Now, if you don't remember that, just go to mercuryone.org and I'm sure there's a link right on the home screen. And uh, you can, the uh, tickets are still available for uh, separate tickets and uh, tables. Sponsorships are available. Uh, Saturday, November 19th uh, at 6.30, starts at 6.30 at the Intercontinental in Dallas. It's Dallas Parkway. Uh, technically in Addison, Texas, but it's in the Metroplex. So, I mean, hello. This is, we all live in the Metroplex. Of course, uh, it's hosted by Glenn and Tanya Beck, and uh, Dana Lash is going to be the MC this year. Uh, we're having a m- musical performance, nice, by country star Sarah Evans. We got uh, the honorary chairperson is uh, the whole Vineyard family, and I say they should be the chair at every event we ever hold. Uh, they are the owners of the Babe's Chicken. <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, they Should we have Babe's Chicken be the? Yes is the answer to that. And it all benefits the general fund. Look, this is the part of the deal, right? Uh, when people, when we say, hey, help the people for this hurricane, help the people for this flood, help the people for this tornado, help the people for this earthquake, all of that money goes to helping those people. 100%. All right. So to be able to pay the bills, keep the lights on, pay the salaries of some people that need to actually uh, work and make sure that the money you designate goes to where you designate it, uh, we need to pay them. And how we pay them is have a ball, this Mercury One ball, uh, every year. And there'll be raffles and there'll be some other stuff that you'll be able to uh, bid on to to bring into your life for just a simple couple of dollars. And there's also a chance to uh, win a... Mercedes-Benz, uh, 2016 Mercedes-Benz from uh, Mercedes-Benz of Plano. I'm going to double-check those rules because I may put in 100 bucks to win this bad boy. Uh, the uh, CLA 250C Mercedes-Benz of Plano, you could win that. 100 bucks. Come on now. 100 bucks for your chance at the, the Mercedes? Okay. 
Last year, uh, Glenn reminded us, last year we were up on stage, we uh, drew the uh, drew the winner, and the winner wasn't there. And they would not let me take it away. So I guess they were kind of serious that I couldn't win. Saturday, uh, September 19th. And uh, go to mercuryone.org. Mercuryone.org slash M1 ball. Yes, I will be there. Uh, last year, I actually emceed. They didn't seem to make a big deal out of the MC when I did it. <laughs> so what does that tell you? They they took a look at last year and went, you know, we really should get somebody that could we could promote. So Dana Lash is going to be the MC, And um, it'll be a lot of fun. They always are. And we'll also, you know, we'll get we'll just come to the ball. Come to the ball. Enjoy the dinner. Enjoy the performances. Have a little bit of fun. Enjoy some, enjoy some stuff, and get your take home a few things, and it all is to benefit uh, Mercury One. I mean, there's not a better evening that I can think of that you could have. I wanted to specifically thank uh, my man. I told you about the gifts that I got, and we opened it up on Facebook Live when we opened up uh, the day we were supposed to open up Lucille. We didn't. We had to wait. But I opened up his gifts from Burning Man, and inside the box was a letter, which I found later. I would have read it that day, uh, but I found it uh, later as I was going through the goods inside the box, the Burning Man goods, uh, to take a look at what actually was. And the letter said, here are the Burning Man gifts promised to send. I only had two different years of shot glasses. I know I have more someplace in the garage. And This is me talking now. This is Jeff Fisher talking. Let me stop there. Uh, find them. There is a couple of maps and address books and activities from a couple different years, which were really, really cool. The op- the maps are outstanding of Burning Man. I love them. And there's a couple of them that may actually go into a frame. Uh, all the necklaces were gifts to me by other burners in different years. All the dust in the boxes from Black Rock City. I can't, I barely bring myself to throw the box away because it's got the, there's still some sand in it. And it's like, this could, this actual has actual dirt from Black Rock City. Uh, now, how do you do a lollipop shot? First, do not clean the shot glasses. Got to do the shot as if you were on the playa. Get some Tootsie Pops, kettle one vodka. Put the ice cold vodka in a shot glass. Choose your flavor of Tootsie Pop. Put the pop in the shot glass and spin. Doesn't do much, but it's fun to watch you spin. <laughs> <laughs> Next, remove the pop. Remove the pop safely. And third, you don't want to poke your eye out, okay? So you want to move that thing out safely. Shoot the vodka, but do not swallow. Shove the lollipop in your mouth. Then you swish, you suck, you swallow. Whatever flavor you chose will be the flavor of the vodka. Oh, okay, so you get the vodka in your mouth, lollipop in, swish, you suck, you swallow. If I was with you, I would place the shot glass around your neck and say, this is our gift to you. It's refillable, reusable, recyclable, and it effing glows in the dark. Enjoy from your ex-burner friend, Quaalude. Thank you, Quaalude. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm not sure if that means he's my an ex-burner and a friend. Or if he's my ex-burner friend. So he's just he's still a burner, 
but he's not my friend anymore. I sent you free stuff. Get over it. Move on with your life, okay? Anyway, uh, there's some really cool stuff in there, and thank you very much, Aqualude. And uh, either way, whether you're an ex-burner that's a friend or you're an ex-burner friend, either way, thank you. I appreciate it very much. Um, Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Now, from time to time, we have stories that are really kind of horrific. And you think to yourself, could it really happen? I mean, could could something like that really happen? And an Ohio woman has been accused of suffocating her three young sons over a 13-month period. She smothered each boy with a blanket because she didn't want to see them suffering. She said that she was depressed and worried for her sons and eventually would become abusive toward women. Now... She confessed and said all this. Now, her lawyers are arguing that, uh, no, 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 no. We can't use any of that stuff that she confessed about. Uh, Yes, we can. She had a toddler and two infants, and she really did this out of jealousy that the attention the husband was giving to them is what she had told them. And it's stories like this that are just so horrific. I mean, we, we, we... I hate to say that we see them all the time, but we see them frequently, right? Um, And every time you think, how? How could someone let that happen? I mean, over the 13-month period, over 13 months, this happened. Three kids, a year. And I know there's a justice system. And that's what, you know, that's what makes us the United States of America. And this is one of the things that makes us, you know, a great country is our justice system. But these particular stories make me really want to go back to town square and stoning of, in town square. I don't want to, I don't want to bury anyone. I don't want to be part of, uh, you know, the Islamic tradition of burying someone and throwing rocks at their head uh, for looking at another guy. Uh, I don't want to do that. What I would like to do from time to time is perhaps, you know, keep them, restrain them in town square and being able to go there and knowing that what they did and then you know perhaps you know throwing a rock or two at them perhaps just throwing a rock or two at them just to let them know guess what we don't like you we don't like what you did now i it's and when i say it out loud it just it doesn't work because i don't want people to be like that i don't want to stole this this woman obviously has you know, something wrong with her mentally and she's the people around her didn't recognize it and they didn't recognize it way too late. 
she had to kill three of her children before they recognized it. Um, and then when I say it like that, I want to pick up a great big rock. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> so, I was just asked uh, during the break uh, about the holiday lights. Because, first of all, uh, you know, uh, here's here's the talk from a producer in radio. You know, next week, next week you should talk about scary stuff and Halloween stuff because it's so close to Halloween. It'd be a great, you know, Halloween feature. Okay, well, that's true, and thank you, and I appreciate the reminder, and, uh, you know, it's it's good to remember, and we do some Halloween stuff, ha, 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 but I'm really at the point where I'm kind of done with Halloween. I don't know why. Maybe it's because you're 800 years old. It's possible. It's possible. Uh, You know, it's possible. I mean, my work is done as a parent when my children know the secret to getting huge amounts of candy. Okay, They already know it. I have taught them. My work is done. Okay, I know. I, I, you know, I gave them. I gave them the way to get extra candy from everyone. I taught them, and it works. Now, they expect me to come along and help them. And I, you know, I'm just I'm done. I'm over it. I, you know, I, I'm willing to say, look. I'll take you to one of the one of the big box stores, uh, Sam's Clubs. Uh, I'll take you, you know, I'll take you to one of the. We'll go to Sam's Club and I'll buy you candy. There you go. Here's the giant bag of candy. Shut the lights off and keep the kids away from the house. I'm willing to do that. But they like the idea of going out and getting candy. I mean, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'll go do it and have fun. And, you know, cute little outfits. And hell, we talked to Chuck in Florida.com, who's got doctors running around the country telling people how to fix up their homes for Halloween. And there's a couple of really cool places in our neighborhood that do a pretty good job. They fix up their house pretty good. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of cool. And I know you're wondering, but Jeff, what is the secret to getting, uh, you know, a bunch of candy on Halloween? Uh, I don't know that I should tell you. I mean, it's a, I think I've probably let it slip from time to time on the air before. And I don't know that, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that, you know, I've come to enjoy Christmas and, uh, you know, I like Christmas and I was skip right over Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving is fun and everything. I just never, I, I, you know, it seems like a lot of work. There's a lot of extra work because there's Christmas coming up. So why do I get to go with all this trouble for Halloween and then have to tear that down so quickly and then move on to Christmas? At least Christmas gets to stay up for a little while. 
Halloween, you got maybe a what, a two week, three week window, and you're done. It's over. And you better get it done before, because once Halloween is over, you're done. That window has closed. So it just seems like, I don't know, a waste of time management to me. And, of course, you know, I mean, I've got uh, my wife is, you know, out. I'm reminded, hey, did you ever get those did you ever get those lights that you're going to use for decoration in the house? You said you needed one. Oh, yes. Yes, we got, we got, uh, we've come to the, we've come to the decision that we needed more than one. Because <laughs> uh, why, I mean, whew, why would you only need one? <laughs> That's just stupid. <laughs> stupid. Okay. When you can have multiple areas that you can use the lights to light up stuff instead of just that one area that you were originally concerned with. <laughs> wow, were you stupid thinking about just that one area. That's all I'm saying. You were stupid. Because <laughs> there's more than more than one area to think about. So, anyway, Halloween. Yeah, I'm just kind of over it. And, you know, I'll tell you the secret next week, okay? I don't feel like sharing my secret for some reason today. But I know my work is done as a parent because my daughter, who was getting her outfit ready last night, and she got one thing that's a hat that, you know, she can wear, but she doesn't know if she wants to wear the hat because... You know, she's got a couple of things that she's going to go in her hair and, you know, this, that. And I, and I said, well, hey, you know, you could probably use the hat to, you know, collect candy. And she said to me, my plan, my, she, she re, regurgitated my plan for me as to how to get more candy from people in and using the hat as an example. And I thought my work is done. I have done my work as a parent. Okay. My children know how to go about Halloween and creating a scenario where you will get more candy because people say, oh, look at that. And they give you more candy. And it works. It works. So I'll tell you that next week when I do the Halloween week. And... uh I was going to tell you about different ways you can tell how people are lying to you. <laughs> uh, there's, you know, they, I read the story about how, how do you tell if people are lying to you? Well, first, it doesn't say it on here, but go with your gut. You kind of feel that. But that whole head movement, breathing, stillness, repeating things, too much information, covering and touching, more covering, the liar shuffle, loss for words, and blinking stuff. You might want to keep an eye on that, too. Just saying. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The 
The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA. And you can always uh, take me with you wherever you want to go. You go to theblaze.com slash radio. You can download SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher. Take me with you wherever you want to go. And you know the cool thing is if you subscribe, if you just click on subscribe, follow, then when a new cast gets uploaded, it'll alert you and say, hey, Jeff's got a new podcast out. (laughs) And you can say, cool. And you can have it with you right then. And most importantly, on uh, Mondays, you'll know when the new Talking Walking Dead uh, goes up. Because these all go up on Saturday. Uh, so if you know that if you miss the show live, which, why would you? Uh, if you miss the show live, you can go back and you know that those clips are going to be up there. The whole show is going to be up there. Separate clips on the show are going to be up there because that's what we do. Right? But when you want to be sure that you know exactly when a particular podcast comes up, you want to be able to follow that and subscribe to it because <laughs> you're going to want to know when it exactly come through. You're not, going to want to, you're not going to want to forget. You're not going to be walking through the week, say, on Wednesday and go, man, I wonder if Jeff put up the Talking Walking Dead. You're not going to want that. Seriously, that's bad. I mean, you're going to frighten yourself doing something like that. You're going to want to know Monday afternoon at 4.30, boop, oh, okay, oh, oh, good, 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 good. The Talking Walking Dead is up so I can listen on my way home. I mean, it's, it's just simple. I'm excited for this week, actually, for talking. I am fired freaking up. Man, I am ready for some Walking Dead. I want to see some, I want to see some business. Okay? Just saying, I want to see some business. So, I worked for a number of years in the grocery business. In fact, most of a lot of my younger years, I know went to grocery stores and walked stores and walked warehouses because my father worked for uh, Superfoods, which was an IGA Warehouse Independent Grocers Association, and so he was like the uh, you know the 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 go between, the middleman, the guy that kept the grocery stores happy and made sure the warehouse was doing them right and deliveries were on time and you know you walked the stores. So when I was a kid, we'd go on these trips. And we'd drive to all these cities uh, in Michigan for these road trips. Well, it'll be fun. And we stopped at grocery stores. And my dad would say hello to the managers. It'd be Saturday. We'd walk the store. We got to take a look at the stores. So, I mean, I've been walking grocery stores for a long time. And aside from the fact that I've been eating a lot of the things in the grocery store most of my life, I've walked them and know what they're supposed to look like. So... I mean, my wife still gets pissed at me when we go to the grocery store. I'm straightening up, you know, produce racks, and I'm pulling the produce. The produce people working just look at me like, what? Because I I pull produce, and I just hand it to them. Here, it's bad stuff. Get it off the rack. (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? You don't work here. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I know good stores. All right, I know good produce departments. I love you know the color schemes, all of it. I got, I got it. Um, so when I read that, what you know, Facebook is now going to add food delivery feature 
and there's a new place uh, here that delivered food the other day here for us. Uh, and Amazon is creating, you know, their newest thing that you're going to be able to, you know, their Amazon Dash that they created. You know, they, they've got the Amazon Dash that they've created. You go through your house, boop, and it's got your own little personal scanner where you order things on the Amazon Dash. Come on now. I mean, I don't know. I like technology. I'm happy about the technology, no question. Uh, and I, I like, I mean, Amazon, I mean, forget about it. Forget about it. They're gonna they're gonna put the grocery stores settle down. It's gonna be the new way. You better hop on board. Figure out a way to hop on board. Be the store for Amazon. Something, because I don't know that deal's that business is probably already long gone to be the deal for Amazon. Uh, they've got one big warehouse not far from where I live in the Metroplex, and that boy bad boy. They need probably probably need ten of them here by now. That size, just to fulfill the orders. But has Facebook, though they said Facebook is going to start uh, where you'd be able to order food Wednesday as part of its efforts to connect users and businesses. I didn't see that on my Facebook page. Let's go to Facebook and see, shall we? Oh, the Facebook page, I don't see where I can. It doesn't say, hey, fatso, order food here. So I guess they don't have it. <laughs> Buy and sell groups. Better like games, photos. I never look at any of this stuff. Let's see what the side says. Portals, Palm Hollers, create an event, payment history, send money. I haven't ordered anything from you. I don't need to send any money. Create an ad. No, I don't need that. Discover groups, live video. Okay, let's go to the buy and sell groups and see what the heck that is. Buy and sell groups. Oh, wow. Oh, trade, garage sales, all in my area. They're all... All going on in my area. I got to look through that. It might be some good stuff. But that's not shops. Okay, maybe under shops. Let's see what shops are. Maybe we shop and what's going on. Oh, these are all personal little web shops. Oh, look at the Dolly Parton blue smoke. Oh my gosh, from the Smoky Mountains is so pretty. <laughs> and the little coins and the Second Amendment coins and bumper stickers. I support the police, not criminal bumper stickers. Pat doesn't have one of those on his car the Pat Gray automobile and look at the flight coffee cups and the airborne coffee cups and the, and the things and the stuff and Donald Trump shirts and masks. And I said, I read where Donald Trump uh, masks are uh, outselling Hillary masks. And for the last number of years, (laughs) speaking of that, (laughs) speaking of shopping for the last number of years, the person who has sold the most Halloween masks has won the election. So I wonder if Donald just went out and bought. All right, just go out and buy a, go out and buy a couple million Donald Trump masks. So I'll sell the most. That doesn't count, Don. I mean, you might sell the most there, but that doesn't count. Okay, just letting you know. But anyway, he's leading the leading the pack on selling the most Halloween masks. So might be a good sign for you, Donald Trump fans. All right. But just remember now, last week, last Sunday, we missed that it was World Food Day. Did you know that? Did you know that it was World 
food day? Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> I didn't think so. And it was pretty, I mean, 793 million people in the world struggle with food insecurity. Now that's, remember we got to think about wording here. 793 million people in the world struggle with food insecurity. Meaning they do not have sustainable access to enough food to lead an active life. Today on World Food Day, which was last Sunday, scholars from the Global Economy and Development Program present a new report on the scope of the efforts to end hunger worldwide, particularly in rural areas. Well, those rural areas could, uh, I don't know, grow their own food? The 2016 update progressed toward SDG 2. The U.S. responds to the challenge of global food and nutrition security. Mapping needs, policies, and resources in Africa. I mean, we all need maps. She told us that almost 10 years ago now. Right? Could America's smallest state lead the way toward the next energy age? Unlocking urban potential in Africa. These are what's going on around the global connection of the United Nations. And yet here in America, we are so... So, well, I I would say lucky and uh, happy, but uh, um, they, the United Nations, would say we are so horrific and overweight that we are able to order food from our homes and have it delivered. I would say, (laughs) Uh, yes, we can. And as Sam Kinison said many years ago, perhaps the people who live in, uh, I don't know, the desert should move to where the food is. Kate in Tennessee, you're on the broadcast. Hello. Hi, Jesse. Oh, my gosh. This is, like, awesome. I listen to you every Saturday, and I have talked to Buck and Chris, and but I've been waiting to talk to you. I think... You are so great. And I can't understand why Glenn and Pat and Stu are so mean to you. I know. You seem like a really nice guy. I and I think it. they're just jealous. But I know. Oh, even when I listen to the Pat and Stu show, I love when you're on, especially oh. when you do the news only Jeffy has. <laughs> but you are the bright spot. Oh. And I just want to tell you that you are doing an awesome job. You are just oh. great. Oh, thank you, Kate. I appreciate it. And if they have and a I'm, problem with it, you tell them to come talk to me. I'll send them straight. Oh, thank you, Kate. And be sure to, you know, don't don't be afraid to, you know, let your friends know. Oh, well, I I make sure that I've got you on at work. I mean, I've got nothing but the blaze on whenever I'm at work oh. and even when I'm at home. And I have a chance to, special? you know, watch TV. I'm like, I've got to finish Buck. I got to finish Chris. I got to finish right. Glenn. You know, right. it's like, I know. I, I, it, it, you guys are addictive. You guys Thank are you. like worse than Halloween candy. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. I appreciate it. All right, you take care of yourself. Those are very, very kind words, and I appreciate it. And one of the things to remember, and first of all, Kate, I'm happy to, you know, you can cross me off your bucket list now. You made it. You got it, okay? There's no. In fact, you might as well just throw the bucket away because <laughs> you have made it. But uh, listen, here's the deal. All right, Glenn and Pat and Stu, 
you know, everybody is worried. How come they're so mean? All that kind of stuff. Look, just remember when you hear something like that going on in this program, just remember that I don't like them one bit. So it doesn't matter if I actually like them. It would, you know, maybe it could hurt my feelings a little. But eh, when you don't like people, it doesn't bother you. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Uh, one of the stories that uh, I've been meaning to get to is a couple weeks old now. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, you probably already heard. But I just want you to know that the Pentagon, and I want you to feel safer here in America, the Pentagon has changed the handbook. And it's issued a handbook, uh, you know, on sex change in the ranks. It's very important that we have that uh, in the military. Don't you think? Under the new policies, military commanders are now responsible for approving or denying sex changes for troops who self-identify as the opposite sex. Transgender service in the U.S. military and implementation handbook published September 30th. The commander, informed by the recommendation of the military medical provider, the service central coordination cells, and others, as appropriate, will respond to the request to the transition gender while ensuring readiness by minimizing impacts from the mission, including deployment operations, training exercise schedules, and critical skills availability, as well as to the morale and welfare and good order discipline of command. Isn't that special? I mean, why else would you join the military if you couldn't change your sex? Huh? I know. Look, if you've got, if you're in the military and all of a sudden you come up with gender dysphoria, uh, wow, how can you get through? How can you get through? Right? I know. So you need to be able to, to change and, and do that and be in the military. I wouldn't expect the commanders to say, uh, get over it. Uh, how about go fight? How about you can deal with that when you get out of the military? Uh, how about your gender dysphoria can be put on hold? Oh, what? Jeff, how dare you? How dare you? My gender dysphoria cannot be put on hold. Okay. <laughs> Uh, no. All right. And I will sue the United States military unless you provide me with the sex change. Okay. Got it. I've got gender dysphoria. Okay. Uh, I have distress. I am, am, I'm experiencing transgender gender distress due to this mismatch between my gender and the sex assigned at birth. I, I joined the military and now I have gender dysphoria and I want you to pay for my sex change operation. Please. Thank you. 
Uh, no. But in today's world, my no is your yes. So there you have it. Man, hasn't this country been great the last eight years? Yes, it has. Yes, it has. My gosh, you know what else has been great? The way you look. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Has anybody told you that yet? No? You do. This you is the today. Jeff Fisher Thanks. Show. Thanks. See you next week. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.